You know, I pray that as a believer in Christ, that I never lose that sense of amazement of who God is, what God does, and how He works in us and through us. And we see in the life of different ones in the life of our church, we see how God works and how He moves. And of course, as we look through the Bible, we are constantly amazed at how God works through all of us and how he desires to bring us closer to him by submitting to his will and that's this is one of the reasons why we're looking at the book of Jonah in these weeks together as we look at a life of a person that God wanted to use a life that was reluctant to be used by God but ultimately God's will was done even in spite of Jonah's attitude so if you would take your Bibles and turn to Jonah chapter 2 this morning as we continue in the series entitled running from God and unfortunately for some of us in different seasons of our life that's probably a better description of our walk with God than it is a close fellowship with Jesus we are probably closer to looking like Jonah and running from obedience in God rather than running toward or running with the Lord and being faithful. Now the title of the message today is Don't Feed the Same Fish. And I know that a lot of people care about animal cruelty. It should be, and as well, it should be something that we keep a close eye on and people are sensitive to how we treat animals. But I heard the other day in my home state of Louisiana, I think it's a little, it's gone a little crazy. There is apparently, somewhere in southeast Louisiana, there is a truck stop that has a petting zoo. And this truck stop petting zoo, which I know to you sounds like it's got to be top of the line, world class animals. But at this particular truck stop petting zoo, they have a camel. And this camel apparently is pretty used to people interacting with him, except for a lady that stopped at the truck stop with her dog, and she was throwing the camel some dog treats. Well, her dog got a little offended by that, ran into the cage where the camel was, was trying to get the dog treats that this pet owner was foolishly giving to the camel and not to the dog the camel then turned on the dog the lady crawled under the gate and started fussing and fiddling with the camel and the camel sat on her I wish you could make this kind of stuff up but it only gets better from there Rick to free herself from this camel that was now sitting on her at a truck stop petting zoo, the woman decided to bite the camel. <laughs> Upon biting the camel, the camel then got up, moved around, she was free. However, a phone call was made to a veterinarian who prescribed antibiotics not to the woman that was sat upon, but to the camel that got bit by the lady. They thought that we've got to protect the camel from any sickness and disease that might have been thrust upon it by the bite, the vicious bite by this lady 
because there's no telling what kind of diseases this lady was carrying in her mouth. And we've got to protect Casper the camel is his name. Now we read the book of Jonah and we sympathize with Jonah. But how many of y'all read the book of Jonah and get to chapter 2 where God appoints a giant fish to swallow Jonah and how many of you sympathize with the fish? How many of you stop and think, now what did Jonah do when he was in the belly of the whale? What did it look like? Or the belly of the fish. What did it smell like? Where did he sleep? What was his pillow? These are things at this time of the day we don't want to know. But how many of us stop and think, now did the fish want Jonah in its belly? Now you got to think, this fish probably thought that it had a nice meal for lunch. But it couldn't digest Jonah. It couldn't chew Jonah. God had basically forced this fish to swallow Jonah and just hold him like a infestation. You know, just got this guy in your stomach and you can't do anything about it. We need to sympathize with the fish. And so the title of the message today is, Don't Feed the Same Fish. The sin that got Jonah in the belly of the fish got him in a situation that he never wanted to see again Jonah through the course of his disobedience to God wound up running from God and basically running into the mouth of a fish and what we learn from Jonah is simply this don't feed the same fish don't continue to go back to the same level of disobedience that you once ran to don't go back to the same sin, the same temptation, the same environment, the same set of friends that only pull you down, the same whatever it is that grips you, whatever addiction, whatever temptation just seems to latch into your life. The Bible teaches us that once you run there once and you find yourself in a dark, miserable situation, and you turn from that don't feed the same fish don't find yourself in the same situation that you were just in now not by show of hands but definitely by a show of hearts how many of you struggle with a similar temptation if not the same temptation over and over and over again and because many of us can say, yes, I do, there are certain steps that we can avoid in getting back to that place where we find ourselves with bait in hand, about ready to jump into the mouth of the fish again, we can find ourselves repenting of that, turning from that temptation and going with God rather than running from God now what do we learn from Jonah chapter 2 about how to make sure that we avoid feeding the same fish friend it all comes down to your communication with God and the Bible teaches us today through Jonah's disobedience how to pray 
so that God leads us from temptation and delivers us from evil. If you found Jonah chapter 2 and you're able to, would you stand as we read this chapter together? The Bible says in Jonah chapter 2, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love but i wish the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what i have vowed i will pay salvation belongs to the lord and jonah and the lord the lord spoke to the fish and it vomited jonah out upon the dry land let's pray together Father, just as sure as we gather together today and pray and hear from your word and hear from the very cry and the depth of the prayer of Jonah, God, may you help us in the same way that you helped Jonah to turn from this situation that he was in so that, Lord, we never return to this situation again. God, that we can walk in holiness and righteousness And bring glory and honor to you through our steps of disobedience rather than running from you in our steps of disobedience. God, be with us as we look deeply into your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Through this calling out to God and crying out to him to lead us out of this situation, I want you to notice four steps this morning that Jonah took to make sure that he never came back to this position again. They're very clear in the Scripture. I want you to notice, first of all, the Bible says to call on the Lord whoever you are. Now, there's many of us that see this prophet Jonah and we judge Jonah because he's supposed to be a prophet. He's supposed to be a man that walks with God, who responds to the Lord's call, who does what he is supposed to do, and we judge Jonah for being that guy, for being the guy who hears from God and runs the other way, as though none of us have ever done that. But the Bible tells us that Jonah, this unfaithful prophet, called out to God in prayer when he was at his deepest, darkest, worst moment. And friend, I'm going to just give you a nickel's worth of advice, as they say. It does not matter who you are, where you work, 
what your reputation is, it doesn't matter what you have done, it doesn't matter what other people think of you, it doesn't matter how long you've known the Lord, and it doesn't matter what your reputation among everybody else is, when you are in trouble, call upon God. We are called as His people to cry out to God whoever we are. Listen, you don't have to be a prophet of God. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be an usher or a Sunday school teacher or some other title in the church to call out to God to get this special moving of God in your life. Because all of us have fish that we feed. All of us have things that trip us up, that get in our way, things that are stumbling blocks even things that swallow us whole. And many times we sit in those dark moments in our life. We sit there in our misery. We sit there in this temptation. We sit there in this self-loathing, I hate myself, and say, nothing can rescue me from this. And friend, I'm telling you, if Jonah, who can literally get on a boat, and go the opposite direction from God and think that a prophet of God can flee his presence and go so far off the map that God forgets about him, if Jonah can be brought back to God through prayer, so can you. And it makes no difference how dark the night is. It makes no difference how miserable you think you are. It makes no difference how embarrassing the temptation is or the struggle that you have. And it doesn't make any difference who, who judges you for it. God is a God of second chances. He is a God of grace. He is a God of mercy. God's concern for you is you. Not what other people think about you. Listen, Jesus told the story of the prodigal son. And he told the story of a man who gave his son his inheritance. And if you've never heard this story, it's really amazing. The prodigal son, as we have come to call him, took all of that and ran away and wasted it all. Every ounce of his father's inheritance, all that he was supposed to have, and he wasted it away. He ran out of money, and when you run out of money, you run out of friends. And when you run out of friends, you run out of fun. Like I tell my kids all the time, we'll have all the fun I can afford. After that, we're going home. You can use that sometime. But after the fun and the friends ran out, he was sitting in a pigsty eating slop. And he realized that the servants back at his father's house had it better off than he did. And he picked himself up. The Bible says he came to his senses. He went back home. And what you would expect from a normal father is some yelling, is some punishment. But this father didn't yell. This father rejoiced. This father didn't punish his son. He threw a party. He didn't throw something at him in disgust. He threw his arms around him and rejoiced. 
And the Bible says that the other brother who had been there the whole time was absolutely frustrated with the father for how he treated the prodigal son. And listen to me, we judge Jonah sometimes like we're the brother of the prodigal son. What we ought to be doing is rejoicing with God like Jonah because we are the prodigal. Instead of sitting on our high horse looking at everybody else's problems and saying, God, what you ought to do is judge her for that, judge him for that, you ought to strike him for that, you ought to do... I know what these people do. Instead of living that life, let's be more like Jonah and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm the prodigal son. I'm the one that has a heart that is prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. I'm the one that would take all of the blessings of God and waste them on myself. God, save me from me. And God can do that. If you'll call out to Him, whoever you are. The Bible also tells us, secondly, to call on the Lord wherever you are. This verse tells us that Jonah was tossed out of the boat a raging storm, and God appointed a fish to swallow him up. Jonah sat in the belly of a fish for three days, and the best thing he could do was pray. Some of you right now, spiritually, may be in a very dark place. Some of you may say, you know, Pastor, I can't wait to come to church on Sunday because... I need to be in the presence of God. I need to pray. I can't wait till I have that moment throughout the week where I can really feel the presence of God and, and, and really call out to God. Friend, I want to tell you, the Bible teaches us in 1 Thessalonians 5 to pray without ceasing. You need to pray no matter who you are, but pray no matter where you are. And whether you're in the valley of the shadow of death, you should pray. Whether you're at the top of the mountain rejoicing because everything is wonderful, there you should pray. And so many times we wait until we find that special moment to cry out to God, or we wait till it all goes bad. George MacDonald once said, Never wait for a better time or a place to talk to God. To wait until you go to church or till you get to your room, is to make God wait. He will listen as you walk. Now, I want to encourage you to pray even while you drive, but please for us, keep your eyes open. Some of us are praying for you while you drive, whether you know it or not. Some of us pray for people that don't live in Adair County as they go around the square while they drive all the time. Because they don't know how to do it. I noticed our yield sign was taken out this morning. I saw the guy picking it up and dra dragging it over to the side. It's like it just jumped out in front of him. I don't know what happened. But I guarantee you, he ain't from around here. But you need to be faithful to pray wherever you are. Don't wait till a special moment. Don't wait until the train wrecks. Once the train gets on the track and you begin to see that your life is going in a direction that is not the direction of God, 
That's when you need to cry out to God. That's when you need to hit your knees and say, Lord, for the sake of my testimony, for the sake of my family, for the sake of my church family that I'm a part of, God, help me to turn this thing around by your grace and for your glory. It is never too late to call out to God. But you don't have to wait until you get there. You can pray as you go and God will rescue you. Pray whoever you are. Pray wherever you are. But the third thing the Bible teaches us is to pray whatever your affliction. You see, some of us wait to pray until it gets serious. I'm going to pray when it gets bad. I can handle it right now. It's a manageable problem. But when it gets really bad and when it gets really dark, that's when I'll call out to God. Listen, some of us pray as a last resort. Some of us pray after we've posted it on Facebook. Some of us pray after we've sent out an email. Some of us pray after we've consulted people in our life. Some of us pray after we've tried everything we can and instead Jesus says, Here's how you ought to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Friend, you don't have to wait until you're in temptation to pray. You can pray before you ever smell it. You don't have to wait until you're in a problem to call out to God. You can pray before the problem even starts. And notice how Jonah prayed. The Bible says, and I, I love his prayer. It, it basically is help. But Jonah says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Listen, Jonah is confirming that he is at the darkest moment, and God heard his voice. Listen, Sheol is the Old Testament word for the word grave. Jonah says, I was dead. I was already buried. My life was done. I had ruined it all. And that's the moment I cried out to God and that's the moment He heard me. Do you think it's that bad? Do you think that your life is that far gone that you're too far past God and what He can do to bring you back? Friend, you can mess up your life royally. You can do some things, you could say some things, you could hurt some folks, you could hurt yourself, you can hurt your family in ways that you would just blush to talk about. But God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. You'll never outrun the grace of God. You will never go so far that God cannot hear what you're saying. We have to realize the depth of our sin. And sometimes we have to realize the depth of what our sin will do. Because a lot of times what we do with sin and temptation is we play with it like a toy. 
That doesn't necessarily have to be something that is an addiction or something that's bad, but we try to manage our weaknesses. You know, if we have a, a bad temper, we only let it come out sometimes. If we have a problem with some addiction, we only do it occasionally. If we have a bad habit of saying ugly words, they only slip out when we stub our toe or we get really mad at our kids. Otherwise, we do pretty good. And we try to manage these things. You know what Jonah said about his sin? My life is dead and buried. I've ruined it. And God says, not yet, Jonah. You can't manage your sin. You can only give it to God. You can't handle the things that are in your life and manage this thing called sin and try to keep it in a box. All you can do is give it to the God of the universe and say, God, I can't, but I know you can. Jonah says, verse 4, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep summoned me, surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought me up from the pit, O Lord my God. You have no other hope except Jesus. Your sin can ruin your life. Your sin can destroy your testimony. Your sin can wreck relationships. But your sin will never drive away the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness or the presence of God. And listen, just because you can doesn't mean that you should you know a lot of people and my favorite question in 20 plus years of being a pastor is somebody will come up to me and they'll say now preacher where in the bible does it say that i can't do and fill in the blank that is with heavy sarcasm my favorite question and i always go back to first corinthians chapter 6 verse 12 if you don't have this verse memorized it'd be a good one 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. You know, the Randy Revised Version of that says, Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because there's no law against it doesn't mean it's okay in the sight of God. Just because you're old enough to buy it doesn't mean that it's good for you. And just because nobody's looking doesn't mean that God doesn't care. And Jonah says, listen, where I've led my life, what I've done with me, where I have destroyed my life has taken me down to where even the weeds are grabbing at my neck and choking the life out of me. And yet God heard my prayer and He delivered me. You can look to your right, you can look to your left, you can look to Dr. Phil, you can buy a self-help book, you can go and see all the doctors in the universe, but I'm telling you, only God can deliver you from you. 
God help us all to be delivered from ourselves. Because it's not somebody else's fault why I do what I do. It's me. And Jonah realized that I put myself in this situation, but only God can get me out. There was a group of students that were asked on a poll on social media how often they pray in public. The teenagers took this poll and they were asked that question. And they were given these three options. Number one, I never pray. I'm usually the one laughing at those freaks. Option number two, I pray, but not in public places. I don't want people to make fun of me. Option three, I pray everywhere. I love God and I want everyone to know. Some of the kids just clicked a button and voted of which one of those three they were. But a few of them added some extra commentary. One of them said, when I pray to the gods or a god, it makes me reflect on a lot of things. That's the best part of it. I don't do it in public unless someone would stand in front of me pointing a gun to my face. One teenager said, once I went fishing and I was praying that I would get a fish, but after two hours I realized I should just throw my pole with bait in the water. One says, praying is pointless. Another said, I pray to a god and a goddess. And then one said, I don't have a religion, so I don't have to worry about praying. I just smile when I'm happy, and I think Mr. God gets the message. Friend, I can just tell you, that's not prayer. That's not communication with God when you're at your worst moment. Your worst moment should call upon the one true and living God and saying, God, I have messed up. I have wrecked my life. I've made a decision I shouldn't have. God, I'm wrapped up in something that I need help. God, I have tried to get past this temptation. Lord, I've tried to be delivered from this. I've done all that I can do. I know all of what I need to know. And I've tried everything that I know to try. God, I am at my wit's end. I need you. And you call upon the power of the one true and living God. And friend, I'm telling you, He will deliver. We look at Jonah sometimes and judge. What we ought to do is look at Jonah and say, Me too, brother. Me too. We ought to pray wherever we are, whatever our affliction is. But lastly, the Bible teaches us we need to call on the Lord whenever He answers. Look at verse 9. Actually, look at verse 8. The Bible says, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. If you've not heard one word that I've said so far this morning, listen. God is the only one who can save you. Whether you are a child of God and have been born again and know Jesus Christ personally and have something in your life that keeps finding its way in you, that keeps wrapping its tentacles around you, something that keeps creeping into your life that you are trying your best to get rid of, Jesus is the only person who can deliver you from that. 
But if you have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, if you have never been born again and never recognized the depth of your sin, there are things that are going to find their way into your life. Listen, you might do some good things, but you're going to do some bad things. And there's nothing that you can do to get those bad things taken care of in the eyes of God. There is nothing that you can ever do to make up for all of those sins and mistakes that you've done in your life. Jesus is the only one who can save you. You notice a theme here? Whatever the problem is, Jesus is the answer. Now, like I said just a moment ago, we, we look at Jonah and we judge him. And we have a hard time identifying with Jonah because we think, well, you know, if that was me, let me tell you what I would do. Well, if that was me, I would have gone on over to Nineveh and I would have stood up in front of those folks and I would have just told them and I would have been the hero and I would have been faithful to God. Really? Because that's pretty much how you are all the time? Or do you have your moments when maybe you're not all that you should be for Christ? There was a lady, is a lady, by the name of Norma Corvey. Some of you may not recognize that name. It doesn't sound familiar to you. You don't know who she was if she was standing on the platform next to me. But if I introduced her to you as Jane Roe, as in Roe versus Wade to legalize abortion, many of you would say, I've heard of you. Norma McCorvey found herself pregnant for the third time, not married, and was asked if she wanted to have a legal abortion. She gladly said yes. And very quickly she found herself as the poster girl for legalized abortion, Norma McCorvey instantly became Jane Roe, an advocate for legalized abortion. Some years later, she was at an abortion clinic, and she was leading a, a stance against those that were protesting legalized abortion. And while she was there, she noticed that some Christians had gathered in a peaceful protest, and one of them was a pastor, and he happened to read these verses out loud. Psalm chapter 34, verses 4 through 5, and it says, I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look upon Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Those words from God's Word rang through her head and gripped her heart. And Norma McCorvey, otherwise known as Jane Doe, gave her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And she went from being the premier advocate for legalized abortion to sitting before Congress saying, and sitting before the U.S. Supreme Court saying, I plead. I beg with all that I am to the Supreme Court of America to take Roe versus Wade and reverse it because America is slowly dying from the holocaust of abortion that began with that ruling. And we hear stories like that and we think, 
Well, now that's a heart that has been changed. That is a life that has been spiritually reversed. Someone who was so for sin is now so passionate against that sin. Only God could take a heart and radically reverse their heart, their mind, and their life. And I'm telling you, friend, you don't have to be Jonah. You don't have to be Jane Roe. God can save you. No matter what it is, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, what your affliction is, or whenever God delivers you, He can and He will. Whether you know the Lord or you need to know the Lord, Jesus Christ is the answer. And my prayer for every single one of us today is that God would be the one to so grip your heart that whatever has inched its way into your life that by the grace and the glory of God and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that He would drive that out of your life leads you not to run from God but to go running with God and to be faithful and obedient to follow Him. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You so very much for the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we are so thankful and so blessed that we can call upon You no matter what, no matter where. And Father, as we do that, we trust in Jesus to not only hear the cry of our heart, but to be the solution of deliverance. Father, if there are some here today that have issues and afflictions and problems and temptations in their life that just won't seem to go away. Father, may You deliver them today. Would You capture their heart and presence of Your Holy Spirit today. Would You cleanse their mind and create in them a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within them. God, may You take all of us and cleanse us, Father, fresh and new today. And Lord, if there's just one here that needs to be saved, one that needs to come to Christ to be saved for all of eternity, God, would you lead them to turn from their sin, to stop running from you, but to turn their face to the Lord Jesus Christ today and be saved. Father, thank you for this time that we can respond to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Randy Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me for What's the Word? That show airs every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock on 101.9 WAIN right here in the heart of Adair County in Columbia, Kentucky. Or you can catch the replay of What's the Word on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. And you can find that in several different places. You can find it at anchor.fm backslash walkthisway on the internet, or you can find it on different apps and, and places that carry podcasts like iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and all sorts of uh, places. You can find this broadcast. You can find messages that I've preached. And I just want to encourage you to make it a point to tune in, subscribe, 
and listen to all sorts of content that's on my podcast, which is called, again, Walk This Way. Thank you so much for joining me.